This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, the number is 412-919-1316. Go ahead and dial it up. And if you want a bellyache, we'll listen. No problem about it. This is, uh, you know, this is about a healing process. It's about free therapy. Yes, free therapy. There we go. (laughs) And that's what we're going to do, because after today, we got to look forward to the Ravenites coming to Heinz Field next Sunday. It's going to be a big game. And I look forward to this week. This is an opportunity that, uh, you know what? You can turn this baby around. You can correct this ship. Um, It takes all hands on deck. And uh, guys got to up their game, and that's just all that there is to it. It's as simple as that. All right, let's move on. We got Ed in Cleveland. Ed, you, you're in the locker room, my friend. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Hey, we got you. How you yeah, doing, we got Ed? You. All right, all right. Sorry, guys. I was in my cooler. I'm, I'm, I'm working in my cooler and listening to you guys, and sometimes I can't hear. You can't hear me. Excuse me. I hear you, but you don't hear me. What are you anyway, doing in the cooler? Well, I'm a meat manager for a local grocery chain, and I'm just stacking my cooler up. I got inventory today. Oh, okay. Uh, It's like Arnold. Arnold goes, in the cooler. In the cooler. (laughs) Yeah, in the cooler. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in there like Rocky, you know, beating on my my sides of cattle. A side of beef. Yeah, there Uh, you go. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's what I needed today after after this game. But anyway, guys, first thing I want to call is, first thing I thought of Wolf was when I was at my – my wife's grandfather's 70th birthday party watching this game in 1989. Right. Uh, against Cleveland and then Cincinnati. I thought of you right away. As soon as soon as, soon as they said something about uh, the two games in 89, you, you and Tunch were my first, first thoughts came right to my mind. And uh, just going forward, I, I think one of our bigger problems, too, are <clears throat> on offense is Juju. I think that's starting to rear its head right now. When we came into the season, I thought we had one of the better receiving cores in the league. And without Juju, I think our, our receiving core is taking a step back, backwards. Although I still like Deontay and Claypool both. It's just like the other guys are just not there is what I'm saying. I and got I you go there. But the, I also just remember, though, Friar Muth has, has taken a lot of that. I mean, the kid is coming along. I really, I think this kid is going to be terrific uh, when he gets yeah. uh, a couple more years down the road. But this that I, kid I there, I think he, he – I, I don't want to go back so much – to that 11 personnel where you got three wides so much. I like the fact that, you know, when you go multiple tight ends, you can do some things too. But anyhow, I digress. Well, anyway, I, I did. I, I told, the, you know, one of my good buddies that I watched the game with, I think in two or three years, Friar Muth is going to be uh, looked at it in the same lines as Kelsey. He's going to be a top tight end in this league. I, I love his talent. He catches everything that goes his way. Uh too bad he missed that one on Detroit where he fumbled. He didn't miss it, but he dropped it. Right. Uh, anyways, th- then I want to talk about 55, Bush. That that guy is just to me from from a from a fan's perspective, it just doesn't feel like he has drive. You want to feel like he he's playing hard out there, but it doesn't look like it. And I don't watch the All 22 ever, but just I've just watched the game on Sunday, and it doesn't seem like he's playing like he he has the want to anymore. It just seems like. And I heard some other guys talking about, is he doing it because his dad played? I don't know that. You know, they, I heard his dad was hard on him. 
But I seen last year in those first six games, when he played those first games, he had talent. I remember you used to call him a unicorn. He was, you know, yes. he had that unicorn-like talent. But I am, I'm not seeing that this year. And then another thing I wanted to talk about was Cincy D. I heard the other guy, Eddie, Eddie talking about this. You know, they made a lot of pickups. They picked up that uh, Ogan Joby from Cleveland. They picked up that Hendrickson. And I'm going to tell you, a guy, as soon as he caught that ball yesterday, as I sure did miss Hilton, man. When he caught that ball yesterday, I, yep. I thought, you know, how, how can we not keep this guy? When we, when we, I understand they had to make a choice between Cam Sutton and, and Hilton. I understand that. But then if you had the thought of letting go uh, Stevie Nelson, when you let him go, why couldn't we, if we had thoughts that we might do that, or did that just happen after it all went down? I don't know how the whole thing went down, but I sure would like to have that guy in, in, in the slot still on our team and missing him. And I just want to say, if anyone out there in Steeler Nation has is, is given up on this team, uh, just look back at 89 where you guys almost made the AFC championship. And if any of them want to get rid of their tickets and they don't like the Steelers no more, just give Jacob a call. I'll contact Jacob. I will sit in your seat. I can't afford to go to games. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I got friends and family. I can't afford to go to the games, but I watch everyone. I would love to watch them from the seat. All right. That's Beautiful. all I really got, guys. Thank, Thank you, Ed. We appreciate you. Yeah. Number love 412. It, Thank you. 412-919-1316 if you want to get in on it. And, you know, I love to hear Steelers fans like that. This is the Steelers Nation. This is Steelers Nation United. You want to be able to have that sort of, uh, you know, that overwhelming response. And everyone says, all right, you know, we're, we can buck up. We can do it. That's uh, that. You, you want to let the guys know everybody's behind you and you still believe. Uh, look, it's it's a tough situation for everybody. I know he talked about Devin Bush, and we've talked about him. And and the fact is, he's he's struggling right now. And uh, you know, but again, he's not the only one. And part of, parcel of what I think is in front of him, because as we talked about before the knee injury, this kid was showing us a lot of stuff. It, you know, he was he was making plays. He was doing some some excellent stuff. And I don't know. Again, is the knee creating that sort of indecision, that that uncomfortable uncomfortable uh, feeling that uh, you know he can't make some of the moves that he uh, normally has? I don't know. I watch him. He looks like he moves well in all directions. It doesn't appear to be that. To me, it seems to be there's there's a lack of being able to track the plays or be able to read what's going on in front of him. That's to me, I don't know whether he's getting paralysis by analysis or what. Well, and, and I think the other thing is, is like, you know, and, and and Ed did a great job of explaining this. There are precedents set in place, Wolf, right, <laughs> for this. Um, so it's not unique. What they're going through is not something that has not been gone through before by previous Steeler teams, if you're a Steeler fan. And I think that's where you can't be so quick to jump ship. You can't be so quick to burn it down. Right. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, we've had this happen before. We've seen this story before, but we've also seen what's happened in, you know, in light of that story. And these guys are in a unique – and that's where I also feel like having veterans around, having the legends around, you know, of the game – you don't get that anymore because of COVID and the restrictions and the tiered access to see them. But it would be nice if you could just call a guy or see a guy and say, hey, it's going to be all right. Like, I, I, the same thing happened to me, right, Wolf, being able to tell right. them, hey, listen, 
We lost. Hey, we 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 let uh, Cincinnati score forty on us, but guess what happened? We still came within nose hair of the the AFC Championship game. We still went to the playoffs in spite of this loss. Wait a minute, wait, wait. For the psyche of it, yeah. A nose hair. Yeah, nose hair. Right? You said it was. A, you said it was a finger. You said it was a fingertip. I just I just made it more minute. That's all it was. I just, you know how stories. The, the stories get even greater the further you get away from them, right? You know, it becomes a stuff of lore. Right. Um, so I, so you said fingertip uh, to describe it about a catch. And I was like, nose hair. Why not? You know? <laughs> Do you ever, like, sit there thing? and somebody's <laughs> sitting in front of you, got this big hunk of nose hair hanging out? <laughs> And you like going, oh man, wow, man, that, you got to do something with that. I mean, that that thing is like, like unfurling, it, you know? Yeah, it's like a wind chime, you know, sitting on a porch. I'm like, <laughs> you you don't, no, no, they're just hanging, they're just dangling. Just, is that is that for? You don't, you don't feel that. You, you don't feel that at could, all. Could I just reach over and snatch that thing out, man? I mean, like, come on. Exactly. Listen, here's tweezers. Here, 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 here's here's some here's some really small scissors. Something. I can't look at this. It, it, it's it's like when somebody has broccoli in their teeth, except for oh, in yeah. their nose. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't I can't do it. it, it it's very it's very unnerving. <laughs> so please, long nose hair guy, unless you're planning on braiding it, like uh, just cut it off. Just, just... It's there. I know you feel it. I know you feel it. And it's worse when you're a guy that doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> right. And you have all that nose because it can blend. Like you you yeah, yeah, yeah you got a mustache. Yeah, it can, it can blend. blend. And I, I would get that. I would get, hey, you know what? It gets lost in the mustache when I look in the mirror. I don't see it. But when you have no mustache, clean-shaven face, and you have long nose hairs, that's an executive decision that you made not to go up in the nethers and clean that out. So that's lazy. That, that's not attention to detail right there. <laughs> <laughs> only only on this show would we be – Yes. Would we de-evolve to talking about nose hairs? Oh my sorry, goodness! Sorry, it's, yeah. a, it's a pet peeve. It's a pet. It peeve, is all. You know, it we, drives you crazy. Yeah, and I hate. No, you know, gosh. how about when you find it on yourself? You're like, where'd that thing come from, man? That thing was like you're growing like, nope, inside gotta, your gotta nostrils. Yeah, it's like, nope, got to get rid of that. Got to pick that up, <laughs> pluck that out immediately, bud. Uh-uh. Oh my! Well, getting back to the game. Thinking about this, Max. Yes. We can't do a whole show on nose hairs. That'd just be uncomfortable. No, don't. no we don't want that. Yeah. But think about this. Again, the first half drive, 75, 75, and 84 yards. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's – it's not like 50. It's not like uh, 50 and 35. And, you know, you had some field advantages that you were able – you know, that they took uh, – yeah. uh, they were opportunistic and and, what, and so forth. Um, 75, 75, and 84. And the, it, this is what discombobulates me even more because you think about it. The first drive of 75 – we had Mixon rushing for seven for 49. And then Joe Burrow scrambled the last eight yards for the TD. Um, but here's the thing about it. the second 75-yard touchdown drive of the first half. Burrow completed five of five for 69 yards, including the 32-yard go route where he got T. Higgins high-pointing it over uh, James Pierre. And that was unfortunate. James Pierre had a rough day yesterday. Yeah, I and he had tight coverage too. That's oh, he the was there. Thing. He was like, in position. It what it wasn't the Mike Williams play from a week before, right? <laughs> I mean, good point. He Excellent. was there, and he just he could not come away with it, and and, and that that's that's the tough part of this. But that's also the other strategy. I mean, 
like, you know, what was our first caller? I can't remember. Our first caller from Virginia Beach. Eddie. Uh, Eric? Eddie. Oh, Eddie. Eddie. Um, you know, he said, he's like, listen, they have gar- gathered all of these draft picks over the years that they're finally paying off because that was T. Higgins, a second round pick from the year before Joe Burrow. Right. Um, you know, he was he was that tall, wide receiver. And when you got two guys at 6'4", 6'5", you know, your corners aren't that height. So right. you try to make a calculated decision. If you're not perfectly timing that jump, you don't win that jump ball. It's like asking Muggsy Bogues to, to run a jump ball with Shaq. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. He's not going to win that one. Unless, you know, even if he does try it, try it and, and uh, time it up perfectly. But did you That's ever see Muggsy you dunk? Did you ever see Muggsy Bogues yes, dunk? I did. How about that? I saw yeah, Muggsy and Stacey Ogwin, the two most impressive dunks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, um, but but that that's the thing. That's going to happen. But what we do in response to those moments as an offense also matters. Like, when you see that, you've got to be able to go answer in kind. You've got to be able, as a team, to say, you know what? We're going to go down. We're going to march the ball down the field, and we're going to have our moment because we have – our own version of that and Chase Claypool and Pat Fryer move that can go there. But we also have that burner. You have a Tyler Boyd. We have a Deontay Johnson. Like you match them up and you try and get those guys in those positions. And it just didn't happen. I mean, we had, we had some big picks in that game. The Mike Hilton pick six was the one that probably hurt the worst. Yeah. That... Um, yeah. Yeah. That one, that, that one sucked. Let that me, one really sucked. <laughs> well, put it this way. Eli <laughs> Apple. All right. His, his interception okay, return. Yeah. He takes it down to the five that virtually that and Minka's interception were the highlights of the first half. I mean, the fact yeah. that, uh, you know, the Steelers were able to hold the Bengals to a field goal after that interception. Look, um, you know, Hey, Ben had been picked off in five, six games, you know, 175, uh, passes in a row, no picks. You know, you, you know it's bound to happen at some point. It's unfortunate that it reared its ugly head when it did. But he also had a guy sitting in his lap as he's trying to throw the ball. Again, I'm not making excuses because these things happen. When you have uh, somebody being driven into your lap who's 6'5 and 300-plus pounds, it's a little hard to extend the, the pass and, and be able to throw the ball where you want to throw it when you're under duress like that. And so, you know, no excuses. It is just what it appeared to be, you know, that sort of pressure. And you've got to, as an offensive lineman, you got to correct that. And I know that this is one yeah. of the things Adrian Clems has been trying to do. Adrian, you had at one point, you know, you got this feeling this offensive line was turning the corner and it's regressed a little bit. But that doesn't mean it's got to stay that way. That means all it is is that there's another opportunity knocking and you got some big ones with the Brandon Williams and the Patrick Queens and all the – defensive guys that are available to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, um, that's an opportunity in and of itself, not just for that offensive line, but for everybody because <laughs> Lamar Jackson's coming too. Yeah, and, and and Lamar is the most deadliest weapon in the AFC. <laughs> four himself. interceptions. You It's like you're saying four of them, and he's still – did you see that last throw to Mark Andrews when he scrambled and he made Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney miss him and everything else? And then he throws one, and it was yeah. like – it was almost like a, he lofted one into the end zone when Andrews was all by himself. It was a crazy thing. Yeah, he, he lost about 25 yards to make that play. Right. He was on the 15 – but when he launched it, he was on the 40. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. like, 
How do you defend? And that's what you saw. Miles Garrett just went up to him and just was like, hey, good play. I mean, what, what can you say? I don't know what else to do. What, what can you say at that moment? So, so yeah. So as bad as you feel today, know that, hey, it's not going to get any easier. So what do you do? You bear down and you create and you, you create something inside of you that says, I will not be denied. You know, whether that whether that's reading in the Bible, whether that's a meditation a day, whether right. that's doing some type of thing to center yourself, um, you know, whether it's taking out that frustration. But you have to go to a place that puts you in the most focused state you can be in, because that's the effort it's going to take. You're not going to win just by showing up. That's the one thing you nope. have to get out of your head, even if you're a veteran. Yes, years past, you could probably do that and get by. This isn't that year. This is the year where your work and your determination and your discipline are the things that's going to that's gonna matter in the outcome of the game. And they're going to be ugly close games. There's no blowouts on your on our side, the Steelers' side. It's all got to be dogfights. It's all got to be bare-knuckle style. And you've got to go in and you've got to know that I have better endurance than the guy across from me, and we're going to make it dirty the entire game. <laughs> yeah, you know, not love, physically. You know, you know right. what I mean. It, tussling dirty, not doing. No, things no, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Got to get, dirty. you got to get in the case dog out. Was thinking that. You got to get yeah. the dog out, and yeah, you know what I mean. You got to come out. You got to fight. I always, it's yeah. funny because when you said that moment of intensity, that I always go back to. Yeah, I remember that. It was like third and eleven with Reggie White over my nose. Yeah, that that's got your full attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Every guy is Reggie White for these guys. That's right. <laughs> you know. Here we go. All right, we'll be back yeah. with more. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, Max, we've been talking about all the damage that was done, what's primarily done in the first half. When you think about it again, they had, the Bengals had 75, 75, and 84-yard drives, touchdown drives in the first half. And, of course, we talked about the first drive was primarily a Joe Mixon-led 70, or I'm sorry, 49-yard rushing effort off seven carries. Next one, the other 75-yard drive was Joe Burrow um, passing for 5 of 5 for uh, whatever it was, you know, a bunch of, I'm trying to find that number. Oh, 69 yards, okay. All right, so now, now we got number uh, touchdown drive number three, and it's 84 yards, uh, and Mixon gains, what, 50 yards on nine carries and carried the ball. Get this. This is what frosts me, right? Seven straight times for nine, eight, nine, zero, nine, five, and one for a touchdown. I mean, you know, again, I go back to the initial premise we knew going into the game it was all going to be – it's going to be trench warfare. Whoever's going to win the battle up front, that's going to be the deal, right? We also know that yeah. Joe Mixon is going to be the primary weapon. They're going to come out and try to mix in nature with – and they did with 117 first-half rushing yards. But to go on that 84-yard drive and have uh, those carries for, again, 9, 8, 9, 0, 9, 5, and 1 for a touchdown, wow, that's painful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it just, it hurts, right? It, it hurts to know that you can't, no matter what you're doing, you can't stop it. Like it's one of those things, like it just, it just continually, you know, just piles on. And 
You're trying to blitz into it. You're trying to knife into it. But his patience and the cutback lanes guys are kind of overflowing on the backside that right. allow because that one what is that that 25 yarder was just a delay. Like he kind of went with flow, made a cutback, found the perfect lane, and Terrell Edmonds couldn't jump off on it to make the tackle, and boom, gash. You know, those are the things that you know that just frost you, make you upset, and make you wonder like what what are we doing? Because you know, guys are not bullying other guys. <laughs> I mean, that's right. the point of it. You're getting bullied in a lot of those situations. And that's what that was. That was bully ball yesterday. Good point by you. Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones. The number is 412-919-1316. Let's go to CR and Juan. Hello, fellas. How you guys doing? Hey, what's going on, man? CR, good next to Chicago. And good morning, guys. Juan and Karen on Connection. Hey, guys, appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity to hang out with you this morning. Uh, give me some uh, real some, uh, backlog here. We got 10 calls last week, um, averaging 3.3 calls per day with 187 calls this season. Back to you, Juan. Hey, so, guys, with the game yesterday, um, do you think the Steelers regret not making that trade for Flexer Cox? And also, do you think we see Buddy Johnson with a helmet on Sunday? You know, one of the things I know first off is we're averaging more per call per day than we are rushing yards. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we got to we got to turn that bad boy around. But certainly, you know, I don't. I I I would expect now there's an opportunity given Robert Spillane's health. Um, the possibility exists that maybe you're going to see Buddy Johnson a little bit. We have not seen him yet. Um, Certainly, you know, Mike referenced the fact that there could be changes. Changes maybe in the offensive line. I, I don't know how much more you can go defensive line-wise other than the fact Carlos Davis is the only one that, that could get a helmet coming up depending on where he is in his rehab because he's in that three-week period of coming off the IR and practicing. So, you know, I don't know. Yep. Uh, right now, it's a, it's a big – I don't know. We'll, we'll start to see how this is going to fall out starting Wednesday. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Also, this this is the first time in 30 years that the Bengals have beat the Steelers three times in a row. So, yeah, not since uh, what 1990 or something like that. Uh, I remember because in, yeah. in '88, I think they swept us too. In '89, I'm not sure, but I, it was pretty close to that. Yeah, and also, um, I'm thinking like I'm thinking it's starting to remind me of the 2016 season when we we was four and five and. And uh, we we roll on seven straight, so hopefully the guys can get it together. RCR going. Hey, well, I was just looking at some statistics. He was talking about the last on the last three games um, against the uh, the Lions, 229 yards rushing, 306 yards total against the Clip uh, uh, LA, 159 yards rushing, 533 yards total against Cincinnati, 198 yards rushing. 370 yards total right. for 586 yards rushing and 1,209 yards given up over the last uh, three games. Comment. Then you just commented on it. There's no need to comment. Yeah. On it. It can't, you can't do that. You just cannot it allow is that. What it is right you know, and, yeah. and so uh, there's no comments that you can make other than that you can't do that. <laughs> That's a comment. There you go. Okay, that's my comment. That's well thought out on my part, right? right okay. Hey, Matt, how you doing, brother? Is, it's, I'm doing all right, yeah. CR. Well, 
I mean, I'm still in Cincinnati, so I'm not great, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> and you don't have, hey, you don't have the blinds closed and the door double locked, do you? Well, I, I, apparently I did because housekeeping just knocked on it and, and and they were like, oh, oh, somebody's in there. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. I, I am rocking in the corner right now, but uh, <laughs> wondering what happened from PTSD, but it's all good. <laughs> hey, hey, Max, you got to hurry up and get out there. We don't, I don't want, want to have to put out MIE auto for you, so we're going to have to hurry up and get you back. Yeah, I know. Well, trust me, the good thing is... I, I, I have family in these parts, so you know my sister-in-law is coming to get me after this. So I'm okay. I have I have some friendlies, but right now in this hotel, it feels like The Shining. So I definitely want to get out of here as soon as the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I, I'm I'm going to be um I'm, I'm going to you know God, it's hard to to kind of say. Hey, I'm a Steelers fan since probably before you guys were born, man. So uh, and I love I'm I'm a die black and gold. But uh, not pulling Ben and the others in the, in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, you said uh, they needed the work. And I kind of listened at that, and uh, I kind of understand what you mean. I agree. But I think they should have pulled all the first stringers and used no. the backup because they, they need the work as well. Understanding the concept about, you know, that wanted to be in there with my guys, but it reminds me of the, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War lining up shoulder to shoulder with muskets and charging against cannon fodder. Uh, to me, current team uh, and current uh, offensive game plan is, is below the standards. It's not the same team that you guys played with in the uh, respective games you were talking about uh, when, when you came back. I don't think we have that in us right now. I, I just don't believe it. It is hard for me to say that. I got to look at the reality. Comment. Easy. There's one saying that sums it all up, and it was stated to me when I first got to Pittsburgh, and I lived by it my whole life. Ask no quarter, give no quarter. All right? That's what that's the way the game is played. I don't care about other teams, other other, you know, franchises, how they view it. There was always the knowledge in the locker room you ask no quarter and you give no quarter to anyone. And and that's part and parcel of finishing the game. You start the game. You know, to the, barring injury and stuff like that, you finish the game and you work your way through it. One of the things that I think is important out of this, fellas, is the fact in a day and age when you don't get as much padded work as I think you need to keep your the, the, the knife sharp and the sword sharp, whichever you want to talk about, um, I think that that extra time on playing, yeah, you work on it. Cam Hayward said, yeah, I'm a four-quarter guy. I want to finish the game. You want to finish what you started. And it's a, it's something about being a pro, being a stealer, being in black and gold that says you finish what you start and you don't give in to any of that stuff. That's just a mindset that you got to have. And I believe these guys, are, if they don't have it, they won't be here long. If they've got it, it, it will surface. Matt? Well, I, I think I think we won't know until we see it. I mean, I, that's always the, that's always the toughest thing, right? Where with other sports, you get an instant response. Basketball, you're coming back usually in a night or two. You know, hockey, you're coming back in a night or two. Baseball, hell, you might even be back the same day. You might have a double header. But football, you don't really know what you learn until the next outing, which takes a week normally, and so. I would like to think that the response will be swift, that pride will kick in, but 
it's six days from now before I even know if that, if that has taken effect. So that's the toughest thing, especially with us not being able to be at practice to see the focus from week to week. It makes it so tough to say. But I would like to believe from, like you said, from Craig's experience speaking on it, from my experience, and of course from your experience as a fan, seeing it throughout the many, many evolutions of it um, and different teams by the years, um, there's something that kicks inside of you that says, you know, I will not be denied. There's time, enough is enough. You know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right, CR? And, tired. Uh, and, and you hope that that's what's going to kick in with them is that, you know, I'm tired of giving up 41 points a game because I've done it two, two times in a row, and that's two more times than I ever want to do it again in my life, you know, and offensively. I'm tired of not being able to score consistently, so I'm sick and tired. So that's where it's tough to gauge. I would like to believe that. But it's it's going to come down to what shows up at 4:25 p.m. against Baltimore in Heinz Field, and what they do every day moving forward towards that starting tomorrow, um, and getting themselves in a mode where they can they can get there and whatever it takes mentally to be in that space. It's that, it, that space is not a great space to be in, but it's a serviceable space for what you need to do task wise. That's one of the things no, no, you have no, to figure out how to do that. It all depends, you know. Like you said, you, you you guys can't get in there, and you got more access a weekend. And we as fans, we can't get in there. So it's going to be up. No matter what we say out here, it's all going to be up to those 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 guys in the locker room, out there that's, that on the field, ready to play. It's all up to them. We can't. We can say what we want. We could holler. We can preach. We can cry. It doesn't matter to us. It's up to them. And that's why you finish with ask no quarter, give no quarter. You finish what you started. And I believe in that. I believe in Cam Hayward talking about it. Yeah, you know, I want to finish this. And you talk about Ben. That's the way it's always been done. That's been the, the mindset. And you, you simply, if you, if you don't have that mindset, then you need to be elsewhere. All right? This is, this is a game where, hey, it's, it's, it's a profession. You live by this. You are who you are on the tape. And you cannot. Uh, you know, start to uh, just start to diminish and, and decide, no, I want out of here. That's horrible. You can't do that. You just can't do that. All no, right? And no. also, on the happen. game plan, too, the, the guys play, they don't call, I mean, they don't set up the game plan. I think uh, this offensive game plan is, you know, when you're down 30 points and you're throwing a screen pass, a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, that don't make sense to me. But anyway, who am I? It, you know uh, what? The, when the game plan goes awry like it did, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no answer. There's just no good answer. You're just doing whatever you can do and scrambling to do it. So, hey, we got to go, fellas. All right, guys. Hey, in the meantime and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thanks, guys. Ooh. We'll talk to you. All Take right. Take care, boys. All right. We got to go to break. We'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. It's the final segment of In the Locker Room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. Uh, you know what? It was, fun. it was funny. We're talking off the air. One of the subjects that came up was the game in San Francisco. What year was that, Max? Do you remember? 
That was 2010, I believe. Was it? I think that was 10. I think that was 10, yeah. It was crazy because I was sitting down there at halftime, and it was the old San Francisco Stadium. And I remember sitting there watching the band, and the band hit the final note, and the lights went down in the old rock pile of a stadium out there. And I I was sitting there going, wow, that's pretty cool (laughs) They linked it all up together. And then after about uh, five minutes or so of darkness, I'm going, okay, this ain't good. What's going on? <laughs> you know, That was a crazy time. Yeah, no, it, it was wild because I remember the first time the lights went out was during, was during a, it was right after a play. Okay. And yes. We were just sitting out in the middle of the field. I remember being on offense. Yes. That was the first time they went out and it took like 10, 15 minutes to get the lights warmed back up. Because they weren't the LEDs that you're used to now in every right. stadium. They were the old incandescent, like, there's like 50 on, like, a pole going up in each right. corner, like spotlights. And then when we went in at halftime, they were like, nope, stay in the locker room, guys, because the lights are not coming back on. And it was dark in our locker room. And the way that, you know, that old candlestick park locker room, yes. like, each locker had, like, was, like, cavernous. So it's like you kind of walked in a couple of steps to get to your individualized locker. It was really weird. And so I just remember that. And then, in the, and then in the second half, there was another time where the lights went out. So it was just crazy, that entire game. That was a wild game. That was, that was, I call that the Statue of Liberty game because Ben had that high ankle sprain. He couldn't really move. Right. And he was just a standing statue in the backfield. And we were trying to, like, protect it. It was almost like, it was almost like playing capture the flag, and you, we were just always on, <laughs> on the defensive. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, think about a candlestick park. almost became candlestick park. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finish we, that we, game we, with... could have, you, we could have benefited for some oh, <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's go back to the phones because we got Eric in Brookline. Eric, welcome to the locker room. What's going on, gentlemen? Hall of Famers, in our opinion, here in Steeler Nation, both of your boys, and, and we miss your fight. Because yeah. I, I think that's what the team's missing fight, too, man. They ain't picking up the quarterback off the ground. They had to get yelled at or reprimanded about that. Max would have allowed that shit to happen. I'm saying. But <laughs> they ain't picking up the boys. There's, there's no unity there. There's something going on. And I don't understand why the coaches are allowing the players to put out 40% when there's other players that are willing to put out 100 I'm saying with 11 million, with 11 million in salary cap, there's still some of them holes. This is Ben's last ride. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I like your juice, Eric. Atta boy. I yeah. like that. That's, that's good that's stuff. The juice on a Monday. I need that. <laughs> Somebody's got yeah. coffee there. All right. Thanks so much. Exactly. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you, you've got to have that mixture of, you know, you got the adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers, and you need your adders. Those are the guys that bring the energy. Those are the guys that are constantly up, and, and that's going to be something to help turn this club around. You've got to make sure that you are coming out there, and you got those mental RPMs that are stoked high. I mean, rev it into the red line if you need to, getting ready for this game. And I don't think there's any question that the Ravens game is going to be uh, some sort of um, definitive answer on where this team is going. Uh, this is a big game. We thought Cincinnati was going to be a big game. This is an even bigger game. This is the one where you go and you 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 empty you empty the tanks on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know which is which is what we want, right? This is what you expect Baltimore to be. This is what 
the Browns were for you back when you played the a la Ravens during my time. This was the physical assault game. Right. This was the one where you clawed, you scratched, you punched, you elbowed, you used every part of your body in this game because this was the backyard brawl, right? This was the old West Virginia pit game from back in the day, back in the Big East days. Like, that's what this game is. This is just, I don't like you, and I'm going to show you that I don't like you. This is the legal fighting you're allowed to do. You can literally beat a guy within an inch of his life in this game, and it's okay <laughs> because it's Baltimore. And I, I don't want, and I'm not going to get on my on my on my Thursday speech yet. But no. <laughs> just to show the sense of urgency, don't worry. The Thursday speech is going to be great. You're going to love this one. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, th there's nothing left. There's nothing left. There is no tomorrow after this one in your mind when you get ready for this type of game. This is a game where you're going to limp off the field. And you can either choose to limp off that field victorious or limp off that field in defeat, but you're going to limp. Yeah. Because that's the physicality that's going to be needed for this game. That's what's always been the measuring stick for this game is that you expect to get beat up in this game, but you expect to also beat up the other guy worse than he's going to beat you up. But everybody's throwing haymakers, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is that, this is that Rocky and Yvonne Dragov. This is Clubber Lang. This is whoever you want to put Rocky up against at the pinnacle moment. This is that fight, and you have to give it your all. Because this is it. This is that turning point. We thought it was this week with Cincinnati. Proved not to be because you're still in the hunt. Right. You're still alive. But now this is that this is that pivotal point because this is December football. You're either rising or you're falling. And right now, you're as low as you can get mentally. That's what you should say to yourself. This is as low as I can get. Yep. So only way... The only way left is up. It's claw your way to the top. You know, that's that's exactly yeah. the truth. I love those games where you don't have to worry about uh, the cheap shots. The cheap shots will come. Uh, and yeah. you don't have to worry about saying sorry. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about forget-me-nots and, you know, saying, hey, I'm sorry about that. Because it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, this is two non-likable teams. You know what I mean? In, in, in each other's eyes. They don't <laughs> – you don't like them. They don't like yeah. you. You know, and that's just the way it is, and 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 I I prefer that. That's a, that's a wonderful way to go into a game, and the, the fact that you're going, uh, you know, you you've got that opportunity to have them in your home, uh, venue and be able to get after it with your fans. I again, this is a great opportunity for the Steelers to right this ship. I can't think of a better way to begin a, a kickstart down the the end stretch than to do this. But again, this is going to take a, a huge effort. And one of the things that, you know, I, I found interesting was, you know, you did point out one guy that it would have been nice to, to maybe see some playing time. That would have been Zach Banner, you know, in whatever shape, form. You know, whether you moved Chooks over to the left tackle and gave Danny a little little sit down or you uh, just moved Zach in for Chooks, uh, that would have – that again, now there's something there where I'm saying that's a possibility because there is definitely going to be some sort of – um, shall we say, uh, opportunity to find out who the better tackle is there? Uh, I think that would be a perfect way of putting it. <laughs> yes, yep. you have a mano a mano situation. Right. You know, yes, you would like these training camp battles. No, wait, you want mano a mano? Camp. Is that because you were in Mexico? Huh? 
No, 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 no. It's just, yeah. hey. I it's, thought it's, maybe it's, you just picked up a little of the dialect. I've been on boxing terms. I've been on boxing terms. Mano y mano, face to face. That's you know, right. I, I, I'm thinking about that. But, you know, I, I think that's what it comes down because it'd be solo y solo mm. in Spanish, by the way, just to, just to let you know. Uh, hey, I watched Dora the Explorer with my kids, okay? All right. I got a couple of young girls, too. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's – you want this to be a training camp battle, but it didn't happen, right? For injury and health purposes, it didn't right. happen for Zach and Chooks. Now is that point where you're a team that's literally at as 500 as you can be with an odd number, right? <laughs> I mean, five, five and one. I mean, it doesn't yes. get more, more, more even. So, yeah, you're at zero essentially. So why not? Why not at this point? Because this is the pivotal point. This is where you start to climb. And sometimes people are good for a, a, a spot. And sometimes you have to hand it off. You have to hand off the baton, right? When you're, ta- when you're, when you're running a relay race, you got to pass a baton at some point, whether it's a 100 or a 400 or an 800, you're going to pass a baton. I think this is a situation where we got to pass a baton and see what the second leg can do. Well, that's, that's a distinctive possibility. You know, um, I look at this right now. I wonder, I wonder where Kevin Dotson is in in coming back. You know how long he's got, you know, to get that ankle thing yeah. back. J.C. Hassenauer, that a pec injury like that, that's going to be some time. That doesn't look good. Yeah, I think it's you know B.J. Finney for him. This is an opportunity now to get in the mix and get some stack some uh, starts together there and get after it because I think he's fully capable. Um, I don't know that Zach and. Well, Zach is the intriguing one. That's for sure. You know, no question in my mind. Uh, as far as yeah. our passing game and everything, you know, they, they've just got to be able to have more time to be able to unload that ball. Ben was back to throwing what I think his number was 5.7 average average depth of target there. Um, and you, you definitely yeah. want to see that get higher again. You don't want it to be getting so low because, again, if you don't push the safeties, if you don't push – the guys over the top, you're going to have issues with too many people in the box. And, again, that chokes your running game. And it's certainly with young guys, it creates problems because, you know, um, again, you know, it, it was interesting how you were talking about identifying the mic and how that can adjust. We didn't have to worry about that so much in our game, uh, you know, back in the day. You know, the mic was either part of – it was all gap blocking, you know, the power blocking, that sort yeah. of thing. And But when you have with the – stretch um and the inside or the the uh power stretch more or less where you you know it's it's more upfield those things really count and really matter because you've got to be able to understand who the run throughs are and where they stack them yeah yeah i mean and that, that's kind of the nuanced way now because of so much zone because of so much of their lefty righty slash kill plays right or run pass options that come in. Now that Mike, now that Mike plays a lot more of a role in the offense, whereas before it's like, like you said, in the trap and gap schemes, like point them out. That's the guy we're leaving. That's the guy you're smashing. Let's go. We're running to the three technique. Plain, simple, as easy as you can get it. Right. <laughs> so, but now because there's so many different philosophies in offenses that they have to be able to be versatile. It changes, and that's why it, it is important for that center. It is important for those guys to communicate and play telephone down the line um, to make sure that everybody's on the same page, and especially if a play changes, 
you know, say you go from a run play where you're, you're strong side, you're pushing to that mic. Now, all of a sudden, you're sliding the opposite direction. Now you're going to the will, so you have to re-mic to let you know, hey, hey, we got this guy now. Exactly. Went from right to left. It's it's <laughs> more. Emotion, I mean, it's different it more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different more. <laughs> it's it's more different or different more. I don't know which it is, but it you know it, the, it the, is it's a strange knot. It's a strange knot. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, I want to thank you so very much, everybody, for joining us here. Max, I'm glad you made it, buddy, because I was afraid you weren't going to be able to show up because on account of you're in that hotel that looks like it's in The Shining. <laughs> hey, hey, that that is about to change in exactly four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, and we'll be seeing you tomorrow.